card is about. It changed an atheist life radically. And so this morning I want to talk about that authority that we do have in God to calling the things that does not exist as if it does. Because if you can see it in the spirit, you can call it in. It's an authority that God has given each and every one of us. It's a delegated authority. You see, I have the power to decide when this sermon can stop. But I don't have the authority. The authority comes from God to Hercules. And Hercules gave me the authority to preach here. It's delegated. That's why I can misuse and abuse my power. But true delegated authority you can't misuse and abuse. If it comes from the right source. And so this morning we need to talk about that because... If we want to be in that type of authority, we must be under that type of authority. You with me? And all is delegated from God. And so, that isn't me. That just comes from Watchman Nee's book, Authority and Submission. It's what my first book that I read in Bible school. First, first year Bible school, that was my first book that I read, Authority and Submission by Watchman Nee, which he apparently wrote in jail. Can you imagine that? Much of what he wrote, he wrote in jail. But that, that's when I read it. So, we've got the authority to fill these chairs. To fill our homes. That lady's proof of it. But that's not the most amazing. For me, the most amazing thing is we are the proof of it. I'm here because I had a loving wife praying me into the kingdom. She literally prayed me into the kingdom because I was too thick-headed to listen. Because you see, Sophie, if I don't want to listen to you and you pray to God, then I'll certainly have to listen to God. That's how it works. So we're going to talk about that authority. And this morning, I want to talk about how do you tap into that type of authority. Okay. So, Luke chapter 11, verse 14 to 23, and we're going to hear the Dutch version of it. Just because we're focusing... Our eyes also on the Netherlands. Okay, Luke chapter 11, verse 14 to 23. So let Derkan do his thing. Lucas 11, verse 14 tot 23. Jezus en Beelzebul. Op een keer joeg Jezus weer een duivelse geest uit de man weg. Door die geest kon de man niet praten. En toen de geest uit hem was weggegaan kon de man weer praten. En een grote groep mensen waren heel verbaasd. Maar sommige mensen zeiden, hij jaagt de geesten weg met hulp van Beelzebul, de leiders van de duivelse geesten. Andere mensen wilden hem uitdagen en vroegen hem daarom om een teken van God om te bewijzen wie hij was. Maar hij wist wat ze dachten. En hij zei tegen hen, als een koninkrijk uiteenvalt in verschillende partijen die tegen elkaar strijden, zal dat koninkrijk zichzelf vernietigen. En als een familie uiteenvalt in verschillende partijen die tegen elkaar strijden, zal die familie zichzelf vernietigen. Als ook de duivels tegen zichzelf strijdt, hoe zou zijn koninkrijk dan kunnen blijven bestaan? 
Want jullie zeggen dat ik met de hulp van Beelzebul de duivelse geesten bij de mensen wegjaag. En als ik dat met de hulp van Beelzebul doe, door wie doen jullie zonnen het dan? Daarom zijn zij jullie rechters, daarom zullen zij jullie rechters zijn. Maar als ik door de kracht van God de duivelse geesten uit mensen wegjaag, dan is het koninkrijk van God bij jullie gekomen. Als een sterke, goed bewapend man zijn huis bewaart, zijn als zijn spullen veilig. Maar stel dat er een overvaller komt die sterker is dan hij, dan verslaat hij hem, ontwapent hem en neemt de buit mee. Iedereen die niet voor mij is, is tegen mij. En iedereen die, net samen, die niet samen met mij de mensen bij elkaar verzamelt voor mijn koninkrijk, die jaagt ze uit elkaar. So please, let's read Luke chapter 11, verse 14 to 23. From the slide, you can follow. Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke and the people marveled. There's something that I want you to notice here because this is most probably one of the shortest description of a miracle. But Jesus uses this miracle as an audiovisual method of getting people's attention. He's telling the people, look here, I want, to, I want you to see with your ears and I want to hear with your eyes. I'm driving out a mute demon of a man here. So I'm doing this thing on the side for you, but I'm going to comment on it because I know where your thoughts are. I'm demonstrating the authority to you right here, but I want to talk about that authority that I do have because I see you have a skewed perception of how that authority works. And so Jesus shows the sign and it's a life-giving transaction. And a while ago as I was praying to God, God, and I want to read this to you. If you really point people to me, if you encourage them to have a relationship with me, I will answer your prayers more than once through the signs I will choose. The signs confirm the message and the message about me. That's what Christ is saying there. If you use this authoritative power to point people to me, I'll answer your prayers. The signs and the miracles must point to me, not to a ministry or to an individual. And we're going to talk about that this morning. So, let's continue. But some of them said, he casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others to test him kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom? <coughs> Do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is the finger of God, and I'm talking this morning about walking under the finger of God. But if it is the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe, but when a stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor. And he overcomes him, you know. Which he trusted and divides spoil. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. I want to talk about this morning, how do we tap into that type of authority? So have this in the back of your mind. The miracle has been done, very short description. Mute man, Jesus drives this demon out, the man speaks. Now, now people say he casts out demons by Beelzebub. So there's this conversation going on, and now Jesus is going to refer to this man, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning, because it's pivotal to walk in that authority. Number one, how do we tap in this authority? Number one, we must walk with confidence. There's two types of people in this show here. Some of them said he cast out the demon by Beelzebub. Those are the people that projected the authority of God. But then there's others, while others wanted to test him, give us another sign. They didn't reject Christ. They resisted Christ. So if we want to walk in the authority of God, we've got to identify this morning, are we rejecting what God is doing at this stage in our lives and in the church? Or are we resisting it? Believers can reject. Did you know that? Sometimes we just don't want to hear what God is saying. We don't want to listen to what God is saying. And sometimes we don't reject God. We just ask Him for one more sign. Just one more door. Just one more. Just one when God says, No, you're resisting me. Sometimes there's resistance. So rejection is refuse to accept and submit to the authority of Jesus. Resistance means to withstand the flow of the Holy Spirit. Do you see the two types of people there? Derkan told me the Dutch for walk with confidence is wandelen en vertrouwen. Wandelen en vertrouwen. That's the Dutch for walking in confidence. You see, can I say something? If you want to walk in the authority of God, if I want to walk in the authority of God, we must make up our minds about it. Making up your mind is a very important thing within the kingdom of God, even if you don't understand it. You read it, and you make up your mind. This is what scripture says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not that old. I'm still a very young man. But the closer and I walk to God, and the older I do get, I realize that um, there's loads of things nowadays in this book that I just take literally. Why? Because whatever's written in here will outlive me. That's why there's certain things that we read in scripture, not all things, but certain things we just need to make up our mind about. You see, let's read Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Daniel's being challenged. Just watch here. Walk with confidence. Is it there? It's not there. Okay, let me read it to you. So Daniel must eat food that the king must, wants to give them and all the captives. But Daniel doesn't want it. I'm just going to read to you Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. The New American Standard Bible. 
But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Daniel made up his mind. I'm going to read it again, verse 8. But Daniel made up his mind. I want to encourage you this morning, if you want to walk in the authority, make up your mind that it's going to be here, it's going to be in this church, and it's going to be through you. That God's going to do the miracles. God doesn't want to do the miracle through anyone else. Why? Why would God wake us up every morning to talk about somebody else? God would wake each and every one of us up because He wants that authority in us to work through us. So identify this morning, are you rejecting it or is there any resistance? And there's many reasons on why we reject. There's many reasons on why we resist. But if you identified it this morning, I just want to say, if you repent about it, you will walk in confidence. Make up your mind. God has placed me in my job, where I am, to make a change. He'll do it in me. He'll do it through me. I won't reject it. And I'm not going to resist it. And for that reason, I'll be a fool for him. But that's it. I'll walk in confidence. When I was teaching back in South Africa, I had this moment one day, and I looked at the janitor cleaning, and I looked at myself, and I looked at our principal, and God said, do you know the three of you are doing the same thing? I said, God, seriously? He says, yes. The janitor... Make sure that the kids don't get dirty. In one sense, you make sure that the kids don't get dirty. And in another sense, a principal makes sure that the kids don't get dirty. All doing the same thing, protecting them, nurturing them, but on a different level. But the one with the biggest confidence, it's the one that I will reward. Because God gives things to people he can trust. To ask for the authority this morning and not wanting to use it. Why should God give it to you? Why should God give it to me? Why must he? So if the janitor wants to talk on the level of the principal, then he's got to do the job of the principal. And if I want to do the job of the principal, but I don't want to do what the principal does, then I must give the money back. And I must stay a teacher. God gives things to people he trusts. And I want to say this morning, God trusts you. Wherever you are in your life now, God trusts you. And there's a measure of authority that he has given you. And he wants to give it to you. Be faithful in it. Walk in confidence. Does that excite you this morning, Lara? Yes, it should. If it doesn't, I'll get excited on your behalf. The second one, walk in unity. Wandelen in the unit, says the Arkan. Walk in unity. Watch this. This appeal for unity is firstly an appeal to have the right attitude. You see, God says, 
the scripture says, but he knowing their thoughts said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste and a divided household fails. And if Satan also divided against Satan, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, who does your sons cast them out? I just love the way Jesus goes around this. Jesus says, look here, you have a problem with me casting out demons, but your sons, your disciples are doing the same thing. Why do you have beef with me? What's your problem with me? Your disciples are doing the same thing. What's your problem with me? You know what Jesus was doing, Charlotte? Jesus was going for the attitudes. Jesus said, your attitudes stink towards me, but it's okay towards your disciples. That's what Jesus was doing. Why did Jesus gun for their attitudes when it comes to walking in unity? I can tell you this. Sure. Walking in unity is a tough one. But walking in unity is not a tough one if your attitude is cool. If your attitude is right. If my attitude is right. Then walking in unity becomes easier. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 to 3. I just want to read it to you. Ephesians 4 2 to 3. With all humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bonds of peace. The first thing Paul says, before we can maintain the unity of the Spirit, with all humility, with all gentleness, with all patience. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 to 4, complete my joy of being with the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, being of one mind. Then he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, there is it again in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. First Peter chapter 3 verse 8. Finally all of you have unity of mind. But then he says again. With sympathy and brotherly love. And a tender heart. And a humble mind. I can go on. I have some two more scriptures. I'm not going to read it. The appeal to unity. I know God is wanting to talk to us about this morning. Is the appeal to have the right attitude towards unity. To get to the same mind, to get to the one accord, to get to the unity of the Spirit, it's never easy. Unless you have the right attitude. So the appeal that God's making to them is change your attitude towards me, then you'll see the miracles in the right light. Once you've done that, you can walk in an amazing authority. You can walk in an amazing authority. Jesus says a kingdom that is not based on that foundation, it will implode on itself. That's what he says. A house divided cannot stand. And a house divided cannot stand, will not stand, because the people in the house, they've got a bad attitude. Having a bad attitude, we never listen to people. That's why Paul and Peter and John, John says... If we want to have fellowship with one another, we must in the light. There's a humility that comes with it. There's an appeal to have the right attitude for unity. We're talking attitudes. Jesus is challenging the attitudes. That's why Jesus says, your sons are doing it. Your attitude towards your sons are okay. I'm here. You have a problem with me and I'm doing more miracles than them. With the necessary love, with the necessary humility. But you can't see it. Because you have a bad attitude. 
Wandeln, wandeln in unity. Then, if we want that authority, the third one is, we've got to walk in repentance. The Dutch says, wandelen in barrow. Barrow. Barrow in English is sorrow. Luke chapter 11. So this is where the, the title of my sermon comes from. Walking under the finger of God. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In Matthew chapter 3 verse 2, the scripture says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The finger of God is upon you. The kingdom of God, God is at hand. Repentance. Walk in repentance. This is again one of those things. Nothing in our lives will ever change if we don't repent. Within the kingdom of God, nothing changes without repentance. Repentance is the first step into understanding who God is. Before that, we have knowledge of Him. That's what Jesus is saying. Look here, I'm doing miracles, but you're not willing to repent. The finger of God is upon you. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And so the reason why you can't relate to me, you know about me, you see the miracles, but you haven't come to my invitation of repentance. And it's a daily battle. Repentance is a posture that we have. This is how our hearts look like when we speak to God. It's a daily battle. But if we walk in repentance, we walk in authority. Against you and only you have we sinned God. I'm going to read another scripture to you. Before you go there, Dong. I want to reference the scripture that Jesus is referring to when he says this to, this to them. Now, I just want to set this up. The Israelites is busy being delivered by God out of Pharaoh. They're going to go to the Red Sea. And how does God use? God use ten plagues. After one of the plagues, watch this. Exodus chapter 8 verse, verse 19. Then the magicians said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God, Pharaoh. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Do you see where the reference comes from? If you want to walk in authority, you've got to repent. Repentance speaks to the hardness of the heart. I mean, Pharaoh sought Nine of the most powerful miracles ever to be recorded in the history of mankind. And you can do this study. Every miracle, every plague attacked, demolished and destroyed a specific Egyptian demon. They had demons for everything. The water was strategic. God just wanted to show them, you worship this water God, I'll show you. The blood of Christ will flow in it. 
and everything not coming in contact with the blood of Christ with the right attitude will die. The sun god Ra, we know about it, caught it well and I'll just darken him for a few days. It was strategic. Pharaoh must repent to walk in that type of authority. But he doesn't. And that's why the last one is about the resurrection power of Christ. If I call a spirit home, it comes home. Nobody has a right to say or, or, or ask me a question. If I say a spirit comes home, and we know what God did. It was all the firstborn. Because in Egyptian culture, Pharaoh had the gift of life. That's why God did it that way. But the thing is, his heart was hardened. Now look, even the witches, they say to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, brother, yay, yay, this is the finger of God, my bro. Even the guys dabbling in the occult, they recognize that this is the finger of God. It's the same that God's doing in this reference. God says, guys, if you want this authority that I have, you better repent. Repent. Oh, it's beautiful. Then, let's walk in victory. Vandalum and overwinning, Sefiso. And the other one that Erdens is Vandalum and Siege. I don't know, for those of you, <coughs> when I read it, when I listened to how Derek and read about driving out demons, the Giesta Vegayach. Hey, man, chasing away the demons. It just sounds very different. In Dutch, uh, it sounds like it's warfare. But walk in victory. So now Jesus gives this small little parable here. He says, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when a stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Oh, people. Oh. This, this, is, this is powerful stuff. The stronger man, obviously, in this context is Jesus. Jesus said, there's a strong man there, and there was a strong man. So, so, so just, just remember what they've noticed here, the demon that, 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 that Christ had driven out. Jesus says, there's a strong man there, but you know what? A stronger man comes, and he can, he can sweep this house. People, I, I just want to say this to you. All of us sitting in this room, at one stage or another stage of our lives, had a strong man in our lives that bound us. And then a stronger man came in, his name was Jesus Ruth, and he freed us. So the authority that we have means we don't give people good advice. Testimonies are not about good advice or if you want to feel good. No, 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 no. Our testimony is good news. It sets people free. It changes people's lives forever because we talk about a stronger man. We don't suggest that maybe Christ came. Maybe he changed my life. I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. We don't do that. We talk to people about the strongest man that can come. And change your life radically. And that's why I wanted to say this. Do you want to divide the spoil? 
with Christ. There's spoils to be divided. The inheritance of the nations. Authority misused is authority abused. Authority not used is also authority abused. Are we using our authority with Christ to walk with a stronger man into the strong man's palace and just in the name of Jesus share the good news of the gospel and they have to leave. Elmer and myself, we admire you. You know our story by now. And the reason why we admire you is God is saying so many amazing things to the church in the UK. And in one way we can't be a part of it. It's just heartbreaking. But it, that's the way God works. I can't reject it and I can't resist it. She can't reject it. Resist the first point. We must walk in the authority set aside for us. But God is saying the music, amazing things in this church. Open the gates. Open the wells. Open your mouths. Open your homes. Open your hearts. The lost are coming. That is what we are hearing when we pray. Everything about us is telling the world that we are ready to receive them. Walk in that victory because the strong man is fighting with you. Walk in that victory. Open up. Open your mouths. God's with you. He's victorious. And then my last point that I see from the scriptures is walk in covenant. Wandelen in het verbond, my love. Wandelen in het verbond, Dutch. Walk in covenant. If we can go to the last one. No, sorry, the previous. We cannot be neutral when it comes to the salvation of people. That's why Jesus says, whoever is in the scripture, Jesus says to them, look here, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever doesn't gather with me scatters. Why am I sharing this? Why do I see it as covenant? At one stage, if we really want to walk in that authority with God, we've got to make a covenant with God about the salvation of people. We must tell God at once that God, we're not against you, we're with you, and then secondly, we're not scattering, we're gathering. But for that, we've got to make a covenant. God's has been challenging me and my wife again about our covenant for the lost. Does it still burn in your heart to see people? Does it still burn in your heart to, to, to gather people with Christ? Jesus says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. God says, Jesus says, look here, when we're going to go for the spoils, when you're going to walk with me as the stronger man, when we're going to open our mouth, when we're going to speak, we're not neutral. That means that even the enemy soul can become poor. We walk with Christ two by two, into the enemy's camp. We preach the gospel right there. We plant 
flaunt the flag, we'll be ridiculed, sometimes we'll be persecuted, they'll look at us funny, but we are gathering with Christ, gathering with Him. Because we walk in covenant. That covenant to see people save and come to salvation drives us crazy. Do you know what this made me think of? This same thing against me and for me and scattering me is, is something that I just want to read to you and then we're going we're gonna to pray. But when Joshua took the Israelites over the Jordan, just before they went over the Jordan, or is it just after, I'm not sure. Let's just get my bearings. But before they took Jericho, Jesus appeared to him. Watch this, this last one. After, just on the other side of the Jordan, thanks. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, a man was standing before him with his sword, with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him. Just look at Joshua's boldness. Look here, are you for us or are you against us? Are you for us or are you our adversaries? And then this man says, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I've come. Why when Joshua asked Jesus, are you for us and against us? Why does Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, says to him, no. It's a peculiar answer. Eh? You know what Jesus is saying, Christy? Jesus is saying, look at Joshua, I don't choose sides. You better choose the right side. And so I can take the Israelites to take Jericho, but at the same time in the enemy's camp, I can save a prostitute called Rahab, and she can be in the bloodline of Jesus. I don't choose sides. Choose the right side. Gather with me, or do you scatter? And when Joshua heard this, he fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? That is where the ultimate authority comes from. When we have a mandate to conquer, when we have a mandate to break walls down, when we have a mandate to save the prostitutes and get them in the bloodline of Christ, when we get that mandate and we prostrate on our faces and we say, Lord, speak to us. Now that's covenant. It's covenantal. It isn't something I can do. It's something I can talk about. It's something I can preach about. It's something you can teach about. It's something you can wear in so many churches. But it's something that Christ has to speak to you personally. The commander of the army of the Lord must speak to you about that type of authority. And that's what where I'm going to this morning. We may see the Jesus drawn with a sword standing in front of us saying, look here, can we have a conversation about those we need saved? Because if we can, I'll give you authority, Joshua. Joshua, I'll make you walk around that city saying nothing for seven days. Why? Because Joshua, I'll silence your fear. If you open up your mouth, you'll just scare each other. Keep your mouth shut. But just be obedient and walk. Joshua will give you the authority to make the sun stand still. One day in the life of the old earth that scientists can't give an account for. There's one evening missing. <laughs> because the sun shone the whole day. That's the type of the authority that we can walk in once we make a covenant around souls. Now that's powerful. 
Abraham, in you I'll bless the nations, but everyone who curses you I'll curse. Genesis chapter 12. Hmm? Oh. I don't think we realize the authority God wants to give us and he has it for us. And it's fine to be a broken clay jar. Because then the light can shine brightest through you. It's okay. So this morning, all that I want, and I was thinking, God, where do you want to go with this? Where do you want to go with this? There's just two things that I want. Can you identify the resistance or can you identify the rejection? And then secondly, would you like to have that conversation with God? It's got to be between you and him. But man, it is an exciting journey. And if you think, oh, no, Carlos, just read Peter. Peter makes so many mistakes on this journey. Then he wants to rebuke Jesus, and then Jesus has to rebuke him. He almost drowns if he saw, then Jesus has to save him. And then Thomas says, Thomas, Thomas that walked with Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus like, you Thomas, have I been so long with you? And then Paul saw things, he does Jesus a favor. He kills his disciples, but then he becomes Paul. God has authority in store for those who want to sit down with him. And talk about what he's doing in your life now. And how you can use that authority to change the nations. Can we get the last slide there please? Walking under the finger of God. Laura could you please come. Walk with confidence. Walk in unity. Walk in repentance. Walk in victory and walk in covenant. So this morning, <clears throat> if you want in that moment what you see in picture, I just want you to come. I'm going to oil. I'm going to pray for you. We're not, we're not going to do anything, ask of you anything else. You sit down with God. All that I want to say is you're here for a reason and God has given you the authority and I'm excited to partner with you. That's all. We are excited. God has given us this authority. I'm excited. And all I want to do is just to anoint and pray for you so that God will just unlock the rest of the doors and the things that we need to do. Nor by might, nor by power, not by thousands of chariots. It's us. No one else, no unless it's us now, right here. God says, yeah, it's here. Okay. And, um, we're going to continue with this conversation because it's an important one, walking under the authority of God, walking under that finger. 
And we're going to keep each other accountable because God's speaking to us about accountability. Rebuilding. There's so many things God is speaking to us about. But it's all about being in that place of authority. Some will receive authority where they treat patients that has been hurt. Some will receive authority as they're marching forward. Some will receive authority off the desk because they're planning strategically. The thing is, make up your mind. God has ways and means beyond what we can think. Oh, how the writer of Ecclesiastes says, Consider who can make straight what God has made crooked. covenant moment this morning so if you want just pray if you just want pray just call us just pray because I need just Christ coming and touching me I want you to come immediately we're going to anoint you immediately just immediately as God if God convicted you about anything we're going to pray for you now anything God has been convicting you about we're going to trust God. So, Fiso, will you come and I'll pray. If there's anybody else, God has been convicting you. Whatever you think of, I know some of us think longer. We have to think it through. But if that is just... At least, would you please come out and pray. We're just going to pray for everybody now. Yes, yes.